the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, we're so glad that you joined us today. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We believe that this teaching from God's Word will empower you to live a full, impactful life in Christ. As always, you can access this teaching and more for free on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. Let's get into the Word. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts, God. Uh, this transition period, Father, is prophetic. Um, it's not just happening for our church, it's happening in our lives. And we're excited about all that's ahead. And we give you all the honor for what you accomplished. And the church says, Amen. Amen. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. And out of nowhere, this guy just pops up. We don't read about him anywhere else. We don't get a genealogy. He just shows up in chapter 17. And it says here, and Elijah, his name literally means Jehovah is my God. You see, it's not enough to believe in a distant God somewhere out there in the sky. But at some point, you got to learn to tap into your inner Elijah. Jehovah is my God, my God, my God, my God. Thank God for what he did for Noah. Thank God what he did for Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. But he's my God too. Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is my refuge and strength. And watch this. A very present, nearby, ready and available help in trouble. Just because God doesn't always do things according to our plan doesn't mean he's not working all things together for good. God still knows how to make the worst things in our life work for the best things in our lives. 17.1. And Elijah the Tishbites of the inhabitants of Gilead. So this little background, this is all we really know about Elijah. Uh, He was from this really harsh, rugged, mountainous area uh, east of uh, of Jordan. And uh, it was real rough and tumble. You know, it would be like our west, if you will, in the United States, you know, a couple uh, hundred years ago. But what I want to say here is where we come from is all part of God's preparation and all part of God's plan. You know, I I learned in in the hard places, nobody's going to feel sorry for me. How many of y'all learned that too? Yeah. Maybe mama, you know, maybe auntie somewhere, but but, but no one's going to feel sorry for me. But I also learned in the hard places, God is on my side. So nobody's going to stop me either. You hear what I'm saying? So we can learn some things in hard and tough places. 
Elijah said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I what? Stand. Now, during Ahab's reign, he was probably the most wicked king in uh, uh, the, the northern king, kingdom's history. Um, while he was reigning, he married this, this woman Jezebel from another uh, kingdom. Uh, the, the worship of Jehovah almost became extinct. So out of the hundreds of thousands of people that lived, you know, uh, in Israel, 1 Kings 19.18 tells us only 7,000 people were left that still worshiped the God of Israel over Baal. Now, just, you know, we have something like 6,000 members. So 6,000 of our members, 1,000 of other. Imagine that's all that worships the living God. This was the environment. But don't be afraid of being outnumbered. Few things are more fulfilling than, 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 than doing what, what the odds say you can't do. You know, scientists, tell, let me just say this. I, let me just, um, I, I'm taking it all in, you know. We have been on such a long journey, and um, to, to reach this place, it, it's, it's just a little bit overwhelming, and uh, I am just so proud of our God, and I'm so faithful. I'm so, uh, so thankful for, to, to, to each of you. And, yeah. And, and what's, what, what's stuck in my mind, and I'll get to ministering. Maybe I'll be able to focus after this. One of our trustees said in, in our, our um, pre-prayer meeting, um, you know, as we pray before we, we come in here, he said that, you know, uh, you know before we moved in, into this site, um, we were told that we had a major soil issue. And it would take millions of dollars to correct this soil issue. And my jaw dropped, and I was like, God, did I hear you? I mean, is this really the right place? Did I mess up? And amazingly, guess what? Uh, a few months later, all of a sudden, the soil problem disappeared. <laughs> but, but, but he made the point, and this is what's stuck in my head. I'm trying to preach despite it, that, you know, we had soil issues. And God had to work out those soil issues. And we are the soil. So, so he had to take us through this season of chastening, this season of stretching, this season of remediation to prep our hearts for next. And, uh, you know, Jesus said, you know, some, some seed fell on this type of ground, this type of ground. So, so in the Bible, we, we do find that our hearts are the soil. And I, I'm just kind of stuck as I'm ministering this morning, just reflecting on the fact all that God has done to stretch our soil, purify our soil. And he treated our soil, and we're so much stronger, so much more vibrant, and, and we're, not, we're not the same that, that, that we were. I, I, I said to you, you know, a few years ago, and, and it bears repeating, the person that comes out of the storm is not the same person that went into the storm. Yeah. And watch this. And that's what the storm is all about. And the change he has wrought, I know in my heart, in our hearts, made all the mileage on this road worthwhile. Amen? Amen. Let me see if I get back to, 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 to preaching here. Scientists say that between 40 million and 1.2 billion sperm race or race towards your mother's egg. But guess what? You won. Yeah. 
So no matter where you came from, no matter what you've been through, each of us are born winners. He said, no, I got distracted. It was a squirrel moment. But I, I said that because of where Elijah came from. He came from a rough and, and tough place. And some of us, because of our backgrounds, we, we don't feel that we're fit for the place God's called us to. But, but again, each one of us, if we're here, you are a winner. You've already won, won the most important race. You're here. He said, as the Lord God of Israel lives. Now, everyone else thought God was dead, but, but in Elijah's life, he was very much alive. And, and, and a thousand churches may fall at my left hand, 10,000 at my right, but it shall not come near us. We're going to continue to worship our God. He said, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. Now, what does stand mean? To maintain an upright position. So despite what was going on in his culture, what was going on in his world, Elijah still maintained an upright position before his God. And likewise, no matter what goes on in culture, what goes on in our nation, we need to continue to maintain an upright position before our God. Why? Because if I continue to stand before God, I will never fall before man. And that's the same for for, for each of us in this room. Therefore, there shall not... So he connected this statement with his relationship with God. In the book of James, James digs into that, and he explains it was actually uh, Elijah's prayer life that caused uh, the, the, the rain to stop and then the rain to come. But he said, uh, because of my relationship with God, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these what years. Now, this was a colossal challenge to the God of the hour, because Baal was considered the weather god. He controlled, you know, the rain, the snow, and all the rest. And, and, you know, people can argue theology. People can argue denomination, but they can't argue results. So what's about to happen is despite the fact that nobody knew where he came from, and he might not uh, have been the type of person you expected to walk up to the king, but despite his background, this man's about to get major results. Watch the next statement. He says, it shall not rain, none of those, there would be no dew except, watch this, at my word. Now, here's the question. Who does Elijah think he is? He just told the king that it would not rain until he said so. I can't explain it, but when you really heard from God, there's there's a boldness that sets in. You know... I'm not talking about being rude and, and being nasty, but, but there's a confidence that only God can, can give. And, and I've learned it for myself. You know, no matter what, what other folks are doing, if you're really hearing from God, he will keep you, preserve you, and uphold you. He's that type of, of God. But watch this next portion. Then the word of the Lord came to him again saying, now, you know, God had him give this brave, this, this bold, heroic word you know, and, but, but then that same voice came to Elijah and then told him to go and hide. And, and you know, th- that would be a little upsetting to me. But, but, you know, God guides us the way he does, not because he's weak, but often because he knows who we really are. And, and, he, and he has to protect us from ourselves. You see, those of us that he uses greatly, he has to humble deeply. Why? Because the disease of the big head has destroyed more prophets 
than, 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 than Ahab and Jezebel ever could. So, so, so he's, this prophet's about to do something great. And, and, and he delivers this great word. But in the midst of all this greatness is a humbling going on. There was a pastor, you know, that said he was having the highest time in his life. I mean, you know, he was all in the ministry and everything. His ministry was taken off and, and uh, you know, his, his book was on the front, uh, the, the top of the, the booksellers. I mean, the New York Times, like number one. I mean, it was, it was an amazing uh, thing that God had used him to do. But at the same time, his son uh, was dealing with mental issues and committed suicide. And, and what he said was life runs on two tracks. And there's, 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 you know, thank God for the good things and the positive things, but also at the same time, there's often negative things and, and, and things we don't like going on, often though, to keep us humble. I'm not saying that God made that happen with this child. That's not what I'm saying. But often in life, there, there are things that, you know, you, you want to just put your chest out, but sometimes God, God, God allows some things and, and causes you to fight through some things just to keep you leaning, you know, keep, keep you humble, you know, and remind Mind you, you know, who you need and, and, and where you, you, you came from. So, so he has this great word. Again, he comes into the presence of the king. People don't just get into the presence of the king. He delivers a word. But then God gives him another word. He said, get away from here and turn eastward. And then watch this next part. I, my, my particular personality doesn't like this next part. And hide at the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Now, if I was Elijah, I would be very conflicted. God, I just went to the king thinking I was Moses. <laughs> acting like my God is big enough to control the weather. But then my God tells me to hide. God, this is not a good look. God, this doesn't make sense. God, I don't like this. What type of God are you? But Deuteronomy 8 and 2 tells us something. It says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. So a journey that could have lasted uh, 11 days actually lasted 40 years. So what could have been a straight line ended up being a circle. Why? Why? Why are we sometimes going around in circles? Lord, people are watching. People are commenting. People are saying things, God. People are coming to opinions about you through my life because I said I was yours. But why? But God is the type of parent that will discipline us in Walmart. He will discipline us in public. He doesn't care who's watching. Push him hard enough. You hear what I'm saying? I'm from a generation they used to do that. In fact, if your mother didn't, every other adult in the store will stare at them till they did. Different generation, different time. I'm not telling you to get arrested now. I'm just talking about my past. Yeah. But they were in this wilderness for 40 years, but watch this. Why? To humble you. The quicker they humbled themselves, the quicker they were able to break the cycle. 
So the way they got out of the circles and the cycle was when they submitted to the humbling process. Let me read it again. And you shall remember, don't forget. And there's some periods in your life you need not never, ever forget. That the Lord your God, he was not absent. He, 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 he wasn't asleep. He was paying very much attention. It was the Lord your God who led you all the way those 40 years during those difficult cycles and, and that monotonous circle in the wilderness to humble you. You almost want to take that out of the Bible, don't you? And to test you. So the quicker they passed their test, the quicker they got out of their circle and their cycle. And then it adds to know, not that God didn't know, but so you can know and everyone else could see what was in your hearts. And the quicker they would check their hearts and stop blaming God, the quicker they could get out of their circle and their cycle. And some things happen to see if you'll obey. You know, I, I raised my dog named Max and all the rest. He's, I think he's since gone on to be with the Lord in dog heaven somewhere. But while I was training him, I would intentionally put food right in front of him. And I'd say, Max, sit. And I'd stand there. I wasn't trying to be cruel. But the, bo- the dog became like 60, 70 pounds. And I had, you know, little 50, 60 pound kids in the house. And I need to make sure that he understood who the master was. He <laughs> need to understand, you know, who was the alpha in the house. It wasn't him. And, and my dog would try to, rem- he, he tried to tell me, no, I'm the boss. I'm like, no, you're not the boss. And there were a few occasions, don't judge me for this, I had to pick him up and remind him who was the boss of the house. Okay? Yeah. It was gentle. It was, it, was, it, was, it was kind. But I had to remind him that he don't just do anything he wants to do and chew on my kids at will. So in training him, I put the food down. It was time to eat. And how many of y'all know dogs are hungry? And that's one of their strongest impulses. And I say, sit and stay. And I stand there and watch. And it wasn't until I said release that he could eat. And if he moved, he wouldn't eat for a while. See, all the dog lovers, I, I would feed him eventually. <laughs> I could feel you in the room in the live stream. But it's this 80-pound animal in my house, and I have children, and, and I needed to make sure he mind me. And if he wanted the benefit of this climate-controlled environment, I'm telling you, this is the way I think. Food he didn't have to hunt to get. I had to go to work to buy. How many of y'all know how expensive dog food is? All right. He was going to learn to mind me. And likewise, before God could entrust the Israelites with all that power, powerful, beautiful animal, he had to test whether or not they would keep his commandments or not. And the quicker they would follow God's word in all things, no matter what people said, the sooner 
they would get out of their cycle. So the question is, has God been waiting on you? Or better, have you been waiting on God or has God been waiting on you? I'm taking a long time here, but uh, that clock is moving, but we're going to get out here quickly when the time comes. First Kings 17 and verse 4. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. So he says to the prophet, hey, you're going to go hide. So, so this was humbling. You, you'd expect him to say, you know, like what he said to Moses, you know, when, when Korah and them rose up against him, you know, if, if anyone rises up against you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause a, a, the, the earth to do something it's never done. It's going to open up and swallow your opposition. Or, or you know what, Elijah, I'm going to anoint you to pick up the jawbone of a donkey, uh, just like, like Samson, and you're going to slay them by the thousands. Or, or, or you know what, uh, Elijah, just like Abraham, I, I've, I've, I've set aside 318 fighting men, and, and they're going to fight with you in battle. But no. And there are many ways I could have imagined, you could have imagined God fixing things and changing things. And it's like if he was the God of the Bible, wouldn't he have? But instead of the great demonstration of power, it will be that you, I appreciate what I did with Moses, celebrate what I did with Samson, but you, thank God for what he did with others, but you shall drink from the brook, hide by a tiny stream in a remote place by yourself until further instruction. One of the hardest tests in life is patience to wait until the right moment. And I have, I'm still in control, even though you're hiding, even though you're waiting, I'm still in control. I am still uh, the sovereign over the universe. I am still the king. And sometimes our circumstances make it feel like God is a little weaker than, than, than he is. And, 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 you know, we worship so strongly, but then there's an opposition. And, and sometimes we got to step back and, and, and move a little bit sideways. And, and we, it could change sometimes our perspective and image of God. But he said, no, I'm still in control, but I'm going to do it my way. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you. Now, ravens are predators. They'll eat anything dead or alive. But they are very rare birds in that when they come across a carcass or or something like that, they don't immediately gorge themselves. They don't do what what most birds do. They call and invite other ravens uh, to come that are nearby. Also, the ravens were unclean birds. This is most important. They were the least likely source God would use to feed a prophet. But God was still able to use these unclean birds for good. The moment you think you have God figured out, he will pull something new from up his sleeve. He said, and I'm still in control. I know what's happening. I have commanded the ravens. God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. That's why I'm not worried. But watch this as we get to our focus this morning. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Notice where God commanded the ravens to feed Elijah. 
God only promised to provide for Elijah there in the place of Elijah's obedience, not necessarily the place of his preference, but the place of his obedience. I'm so grateful for what God has done here. Thousands of souls have literally come to this altar. We have literally meet, reached millions of people, if not tens of millions of people across the globe. But it's time to move from here to a new place of blessing over there. I like what some people call the 10th beatitude. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. If you cannot be flexible in life, move with the cloud, you will live an irritable life. So despite the fact it wasn't what he wanted the way he wanted, he went. And he did according to the word of the Lord. It's not enough to hear it. We got to do it. For he went, watch this, and stayed by the brook Cherith. When you stay in the place God has called there, you will have nothing to fear. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.